Hello, listeners, and you may have noticed sort of a different format tonight. This episode, uh, Mike's away a lot in May, so I didn't really want to give a break in between the seasons. We will be recording Batman Arkham Asylum in probably from early June, but I just thought I would kind of try and fill the dead air with like a solo project. I did want to do Parasite Eve as the next game. But Mike's not really a fan of sort of turn-based RPGs. But although now I've played it, it's probably closer to something more like Vagrant Story than Final Fantasy. You know, it has like it does have an ATB timer, but it's also got a aiming range sphere like Vagrant Story had. It's it you know from that point of view, it's quite similar. But it's not a long game, um, so I figure I could probably wrap this up in a couple of weeks. So I, I kind of want to change the format slightly since I'm doing this solo. I'm not going to talk so much about boss fights or exploration. Um, I can't really have that back and forth with myself. It doesn't really work. I'm also not going to call out the music names or equipment, you know, equipment that you find, uh, stats of the characters, etc. There is no stats from the game. You don't, you know, you don't get uh, scores at the end of bosses or whatever. And because I want to try and wrap this up quite quickly, uh, I think it works well just to sort of concentrate on the story. I will be mixing in the music and the sound still, but I just won't be calling out the names and probably, I don't know, maybe have some lead-ins, lead-outs still. I'm not sure when I come to post, I will kind of decide at the time. I'm not sure it's going to work well or, you know, it could could work. It might not really. There's just one way to find out. I've been wanting to try, you know, a couple of little solo ideas for a little while. Um, And I guess it's just a test bed for me. But as I say, Mike will be back soon and we will be carrying on with our normal format as soon as I record these, really. On to the game. The opening scene starts with a shot of the Statue of Liberty. The camera shows the flame and then pans down to the face where it looks like the statue is crying. We then get various shots that show New York City skyline. The camera zooms in on a decoration on a tree which reads Merry Christmas 1997. The shot then cuts to Carnegie Hall and the camera settles there where people have gathered outside. We're then brought into the game world and it looks great. It's pre-rendered drawn background with 3D modelled characters. A man helps a woman get out of a limousine. He turns to her and asks, what's wrong? You're the one that wanted to come to the opera. The woman responds, I don't know, I just, you're right, I'll try to have more fun. We'll then give her information. Now, I'm sorry if my pronunciation is wrong here, I've looked it up, but we are given her name as Ea Brea, age 25, occupation, NYPD officer. The conversation then continues. The man asks if she's glad that she decided to go out with him. He says he even got his dad to get them the best seats for tonight. So she needs to lighten up and they're going to have a great time. Air walks inside the hall following her date and they move into the main area. A shot starts looking at a chandelier on the ceiling then moves down to the stage. There's a play on. Four people are on stage. The play is about a prince confessing his love of a woman to his father, the king. The king states to his son that the last four men who have fallen for this woman have died. He orders a guard to burn her at the stake. The prince protests, 
stating that if they are to sentence her to death, that his life is also taken as well. The woman then starts to sing her part of the opera. As she sings, the screen fades to a CG cutscene. The actress is singing, then she sees air in the crowd while her eyes shimmer. Just then, behind her, the other actors start to spontaneously combust into flames. A man falls off the stage into a crowd. People start to scream and scatter, attempting to escape, but some of them also combust as well. A man falls off the balcony above air. She jumps over the row of chairs in front of her, dodging the flaming body. The final shot then shows the actress on stage while the curtain burns all around her. It almost looks like she is savouring the moment. When we get back to the game, Ea's date is still next to him, who protests that he doesn't want to die. She tells him to go and to get out of here now and shoulder checks the man, causing him to run and leave the opera house. Ea is now alone in the hall, amongst the seats. She runs through the gangways, towards the stage, to confront the actress. As Ea approaches her, the actress is now levitating several inches off the floor. She points the gun at the actress and tells her to freeze. The actress speaks and says, Hmm, you're the only one who seems to be fine. Ea questions this and is told that she should be awakening soon. Confused, Ea asks what she's talking about. The actress continues, says, Listen, your cells are trying to communicate. They're calling out. Now, there's a boss battle. The actress has got superhuman powers and attacks Air with beams of light. Air shoots back with a gun and she can hurt the woman, but not very much. Partway through, they have a conversation. The actress laughs and Air asks what's happened. Her body starts to get hot. She then demands to know what has happened to her. The actress says, our bodies are communicating with each other. Air questions this and asks what she wants. The actress tells her, the more that you use the power, the more you will become like me. Confused, she asks about what this power is. The actress then just says the name, Eve. The game then identifies the actress as Eve and says, I'm surprised you don't know about me, Air. You should know me well. Confused, Air asks what? The screen flashes white, and Air is seeing something she does not yet understand in her mind. A child is lying on what looks to be a hospital room bed. The vision only lasts for a brief moment, and then we are back in the now. Ea asks what that was, and the actress runs away. She tells her to wait, and where are you going? Because she's not done with her. Eve floats off the stage left, leaving Ea to chase. As Ea moves backstage, there's now a large hole in the ground. She knows Eve has went down there and jumps down to pursue. As she does, she hears police cars arrive and she notes that her backup has arrived but pushes on alone. At the bottom of the understage area, she sees the same little girl as per her earlier vision. She attempts to talk to the girl and tells her, are you alone? It's dangerous, you should go. The girl laughs, turns around and runs away, but she fades as she does. Ea talks to herself, saying that girl, it couldn't be. Now she's in the dressing room area. She moves through the corridors, checking the rooms, just to find that most of them are locked. All way through the main corridor, we get another CG cutscene. A rat stops in the corridor and bellows in a low tone in pain. 
we see the cells of the rat and they are multiplying fast, merging together, getting more powerful. The rat grows in size and starts to mutate. It grows several times in size and the tail splits into multiple parts. It then attacks air. However, it's no match for air's gun and it stopped fast. At the end of the corridor, she finds a dressing room open and in one of them is a body burned and slumped against a desk. She touches it and it falls to the ground, startling her. Upon inspection, she finds a theatre key. This key opens other dressing rooms where she finds various items, but the most important one is the diary of Melissa. The diary reads, November 3rd, Monday. The Christmas show is set. This has been my dream. The main actress has a solo concert at the theatre in Central Park. I took all that medication to get here. I have to get that lead part. I'll even sell my soul to the devil if I have to. November 17th, Monday. The cast was announced and Suzanne and I are double cast. I want to play the part alone, but everyone knows she's good. November 21st, Friday. I think I'm overdoing it. My body's getting hotter than ever for some reason. I'd better take more medicine. December 6th, Saturday. I collapsed today. I lost consciousness after my body got hot. I don't care if I die. I just want to get through this show. December 10th, Wednesday. I passed out again. They told me to go to the doctor, get some rest. If this continues, Suzanne will definitely take my part. I need to get better. I'd better take a lot of medication tonight. December 11th, Thursday. Suzanne was burned in an apartment fire. Is it because I wanted the part so bad? God, forgive me. December 17th, Wednesday. It looks like I'll be the lead. I'd better take more medication and work it. December 23rd, Tuesday. Opening night. Everything went smoothly. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. We should have the biggest crowd of the season and I have a solo concert the next day at the park. But I'm not feeling well. I'd better shape up if I want to get through this. I'd better take more medication. Ea asks herself why she's taking so much medication that she must have a drug problem, at which point she finds another key hidden in the diary. This key takes Ea back through into the rehearsal room where Eve is playing the piano. She starts to speak. Melissa, I'm Melissa. No, I'm Eve. She then gets hot. Eve's persona then comes out. Nucleic domination has finally come to an end once and for all. The next CG cutscene shows Eve hit the piano with her fingers and it breaks it and she starts to mutate herself. Her hands turn into claws whilst her arms become longer. Her legs disappear and fuse together to create a large hook-like shape and she floats around. They fight again. After the fight, they speak. The day for the mitochondria to be free has arrived. Looks like you still need some time, girl until your mitochondria is completely free. 
Thera is then confused about these words and asks her, Mitochondria, I don't understand what you're saying. We then go back from the flashback, and it's the same scene. It's the girl lying on the hospital bed. Thea asks what this is, and I saw this little girl. However, now a doctor walks into the scene. Thea asks for the flashback to wait, but it ends. Eve laughs and runs away. Confused by Eve's words, Thea repeats to herself, Mitochondria, to be free. Eve has escaped down the floor behind the piano. She's broken a huge hole and has jumped down. Air jumps down to follow her. She ends up in the sewer, wading through water up to her knees. Down here, Air once again sees the little girl and attempts to talk to her before she runs away and disappears again. Following the direction of where this girl went, Air comes across a locked door. Next to it is a switch, which when pressed, opens the door, and through this, the sewer is blocked. However, Eve is hovering at the end and waiting. Ea shouts at Eve to wait and hold it, but her body starts to get hot again. Eve laughs and mocks at her, Ea's ready to take me on by herself. Well, even if you did have more people with you, they would just burn, right? Everyone else but you. You are... Ea cuts her off mid-sentence and demands to know why. Why is she the only one? Eve tells her she'll find out eventually. And even if you don't understand, your mitochondria will. They've always known. She then tells Ea that she's going to give her some time to think and evolve. This will allow her to lead her to the day where she will awaken. Eve then leaves and floats towards another gate and much like Dracula can turn into a mist to pass through objects, she turns herself into a gel-like substance to do the same thing at the other side. She then reforms and escapes. Meanwhile, the creature that used to be a crocodile has mutated and attacks. This is the first true hard battle for air. It's a difficult boss fight, it takes many healing items and a lot of ammo. However, Air comes out victorious. After the battle, she repeats to herself, When I will awaken, just tell me what you want, Eve. Meanwhile, outside a Carnegie Hall, a reporter is filming. He says, We're live at the front of Carnegie Hall, which has become a scene of complete chaos. Air walks out of the hall and the reporter attempts to get her attention. He says, Miss, you are the sole survivor of this horrible ordeal, correct? He attempts to speak, but the reporter continues talking. Until now, this has been a combustion theory. It has only been acknowledged by occult enthusiasts. He has to be left alone. However, the reporter ignores this. He says this incident happened to take place on Christmas Eve of all nights. I would like to represent the citizen of the city and interview you exclusively. Another man then walks in from the right-hand side of the screen and punches the reporter. The reporter asks if he's crazy and asks his cameraman Jim if he got it on tape. The man tells him to scram. Ea acknowledges this man as Daniel. He apologises for being late and asks if she's okay. She says yes, but asks about her date. Daniel replies that he heard from a cop that your boyfriend ran out of there like a wuss and laughs. However, he then apologises for her date not going well. Ea and Daniel leave and are driving in a police car. Ea starts to explain about her date and she says, It's not like that. 
I had him escort me because he kept pestering me for a date. He then mocks her and says, of all places, the opera, there's a story, but wants to know why. She says she doesn't know and something just caught her eye. Mocking her again, Daniel says, you finally got some cop instinct in you. She then changes the subject and asks Daniel why he's not with his son on Christmas Eve. He replies saying he knows his dad is a cop and that he understands. Daniel then tries to change the subject back to talk about the incident again. However, Ea is just talking to herself. She sees the mitochondria, symbiosis, and when was I at the hospital? Daniel tries to speak to Ea again, but notes she's asleep. But then he doesn't blame her after what he's been going through tonight. We then get a small graphical rendered version of New York City as the camera flies over it. Ea's speaking, and she says, It all started with this incident. Six days that were to become a nightmare for all. People will eventually forget and go on with their lives, but I will never forget it. It was pure terror, but at the same time, it was also six days filled with familiar memories. We move on to day two, entitled Fusion. And that's where we leave it for tonight. So I know it's quite short. Uh, That represents about 45 minutes of gameplay, roughly 45 minutes to an hour, uh, the whole game is it's not too long. I'll probably make it a bit longer next week. Uh, you know, just let me know what you think on you know on 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 the socials, Twitter, Retro Replay Pod, Facebook, Retrospective Replay Podcast. It's a bit strange for me doing this myself as well. I'm hoping to maybe warm up and settle into it a bit more next week or the week after. However, I just want to say thank you very much for listening. Um, hopefully, you'll tune back in for next week. If you don't like it. And you want to wait for Michael to come back, it's perfectly fine. That should be out round about June. Thank you. Good night.